please note that this podcast contains information regarding sensitive events, including domestic violence, assault, and abuse, as well as other triggering events, such as murder. This podcast is intended for mature audiences. When Alice jumped down the rabbit hole, she immediately regretted her decision. A rabbit hole is a metaphor for something that transports someone into a troubling, surreal state or situation. Welcome to Afterglow, the unveiling of the Idaho cult. This podcast will take you down the deepest of rabbit holes as it unfolds. The story is so compelling, so bizarre, and so heinous, it's impossible to look the other way. Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow were dedicated in the most horrible way to an ideology that should only be fiction. Instead, their ideology put them behind bars. There is new information tonight in the case of two children missing from Rexburg, Idaho. Police are saying tonight they do not think the two children are with their mother and stepfather, Lori and Chad Daybell, who have also disappeared. Rexburg police said today they've run down every lead and carried out several search warrants to find 7-year-old Joshua Vallow and 17-year-old Tylee Ryan. Now to who the have growing not mystery around a brother and sister who appear to have vanished. Tonight, the new developments in the case and the intensifying search for answers. Here's ABC's chief national correspondent, Matt Gutman. Tonight, police searching for an Idaho brother and sister confirmed they're now investigating a string of mysterious deaths in the family. The whereabouts of the parents are unknown, but investigators believe mother Lori Vallow knows where the children are or what happened. She with one eye open, I can say. Tonight's big story, the estranged husband of the woman at the center of a national search for two missing children is speaking from beyond the grave. Join us as we explore the lives, lies, and diabolical crimes of Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell. I'm your host, Kathy Brooks. Please follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today on Afterglow, unveiling the Idaho cult, we will continue to follow Lori Cox as she moves on in life after the birth of her son, Colby, and her tumultuous divorce from her second husband, the father of Colby. William LaGoya. Described by her high school friend, Bernadette Flores Lopez, Lori was a Barbie and a bombshell, a hilarious, fun friend. Lori remained unmarried from 1998 to 2000. Now, if you haven't seen episode one, I suggest you stop right here and go ahead back and listen to episode one. It starts from the beginning. Now we continue with episode two, Joe Ryan. Soon after her divorce from William LaGoya, Lori's sister, Stacy Cox Cope, passed away on May 21st, 1998, at the age of 31. We will circle back to Stacy's story because it deserves its own episode. Normally, I wouldn't think that a death of someone that was known to have struggles with her health would be worthy of an episode, but this is not a normal family or a normal story. Lori Cox eventually had people dropping dead all around her, all untimely, and in my opinion, questionable. Lori eventually met and married Joseph Ryan. Joseph Ryan was from an extremely dysfunctional upbringing. He was raised in the foster care system, and Joe Ryan has a sister by the name of Annie Cushing. Annie has been very vocal and an advocate for Tylee Ryan and Joe Ryan along the way. 
Because, well, you guessed it, the eventual suspicious death of Joe, and of course the deeply disturbing death of Tylee Ryan, she has stepped forward and advocated for them. Annie Cushion is an excellent resource for anyone that wants more information on this case. Annie stated that Joe and Lori met because Lori was Joe's hairstylist. On March 17, 2001, Lori and Joe Ryan were married in Hawaii on the island of Maui. They became a family, and Colby and Lori both took on the last name of Ryan. Lori sure does love Hawaii, as you will see, but who doesn't? Can't fault her on that one. This is how Annie knew her former sister-in-law, Lolo, Lori Vallow-Daybell. Very loving and doting mother. Speaking with us from New York City, Annie Cushing explains Lori married Annie's brother, Joe Ryan. The couple had a daughter together, Tylee. In 2018, when Joe died from a heart attack, years after his divorce from Lori, Annie went to visit the mother and daughter. This change in Lori's personality was, was definitely a new thing. A change that she says included Lori saying negative things to Tylee about her father weeks after his death, lying to Annie about things, and talking about the end of times. Annie says she texted her daughter bothered. I said, I, I think Lolo may be a sociopath. I'm not in the habit of just randomly calling. On September 24th, 2002, Tylee Ashley Ryan was born. Now, after watching some of Annie Cushing's live streams and learning a little bit about her history, I just wanted to add in something that she had mentioned. When she was only two months old and Joe was young, their father dropped them off at an orphanage. Their mother was said to have had a psychotic breakdown after Annie was born. According to Annie, her mother had to be hospitalized with the pregnancy due to placenta previa. And after she delivered, she had a mental breakdown. Just a side note, I am an OB nurse, been an OB nurse for 20 years, labor and delivery, and now I currently work full-time as a high-risk OB case manager. My 20 years in nursing has been mainly pregnancy-related, OB-related, and mostly labor and delivery. My thoughts and speculations on Annie's mother is that she possibly was suffering from postpartum psychosis. Sometimes this cannot be recovered from. It's a frightening and uncommon complication after birth. Do you remember the story of Andrea Yates, who drowned her children in the bathtub? She suffered from postpartum psychosis. It was a crime that horrified the nation in June of 2001, 15 years ago. Andrea Yates drowning her five children in the bathtub of her Houston area home. She then called 911 to report what she'd done. You need an ambulance? No, I need a police officer. You have an ambulance. Noah, John, Paul, Luke, and baby Mary. Seven years to just six months old. Her husband, Rusty, was working at the time. He returned to a scene of sheer terror. Cops were crying. Uh, there, was, uh, there was a lot of emotion there. They were the guys that had gone to that house and had to recover the bodies. This morning, police found... Phil Archer of NBC station KPRC was the first reporter on the scene. They brought Andrea out, um, and her clothes were still wet, and her hair was still wet from the bathtub. And they brought her out, and she looked like a zombie. 
there was a sort of wildness in her eyes. Even with a long and documented history of mental illness, including suicide attempts, she was charged and convicted of capital murder. But the verdict was later overturned, and in a subsequent trial, she was found not guilty by reason of insanity. She testified she believed her children's deaths would save their souls. Women that already have a mental health diagnosis or are suffering from any mental health disorders are more at risk of having postpartum psychosis, postpartum depression. If you or someone you know needs a resource for postpartum complications such as depression or psychosis, there's a wonderful website called postpartum.net and there's a helpline 1-800-944-4773. There's also a podcast that you can listen to if you're interested in hearing other women's stories of their experience during the postpartum period. And that post podcast is called Speaking Postpartum. My daughter is the host and she specializes in maternal mental health, is working on her graduate degree so she can continue in that field. That podcast again is Speaking Postpartum. I firsthand have had patients with postpartum psychosis. We've heard of postpartum depression, but this can escalate into the psychosis, which mimics schizophrenia and can be extremely dangerous. They hear voices and they have been known to kill their children. So as you can guess from this background information, Joe and Annie had a rough start. interrupt right now just for a moment to talk about Instacart. We've all had to adapt for the last year and a half to a new normal. Wearing masks, social distancing, that's just to name a couple. But normal life and normal routines changed. During this time, I started ordering my groceries through Instacart. You can shop all your favorite stores on a single order. The products you love from your local stores are all available to you. These products can be delivered in as fast as one hour. Instacart highlights deals to help you save money, and Instacart will pick the freshest produce and keep your eggs safe too. My 84-year-old mother loves using Instacart. In a recent order, she was able to get a new microwave and toaster. So you see, it isn't just food items. You can help support this podcast by clicking on the link in the show notes below. Plus, you can get a free delivery on your first order of $10 or more. Now back to episode two, Joe Ryan. During Lori and Joe Ryan's marriage, Lori had informed Joe that God had informed her that she was going to be on the show Wheel of Fortune. Lori did, in fact, become a contestant on Wheel of Fortune. Ladies and gentlemen, Pat Sajak and Vanna White. Here they come. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Hello there. 
Hi, how you doing, Lori? Uh, Lori Ryan from Austin, Texas. That's right. A hairstylist in Austin, hey? That's right. The best. How's, how's the hair in Austin? It's good. Good. Us well, is a happening place. Probably thanks to you. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much. Talk about your family a little bit. <laughs> I have a wonderful husband, Joseph, at home, who is watching our two beautiful children, Colby, who's seven, and Tylee, who is one. Yeah. What do you guys like to do for fun? Uh, we like to play all kinds of sports on our three acres. Okay. Sounds like you have a nice life there. We do. Congratulations. Thank nice you. to have you with us. There you go. N. There is no N. I'm sorry to report, Laura. Three R. Uh, no, no R no. either. Loretta? So uh, who's going to start here? How about you, Lori? Watch it. Everybody watch their own arrow there. 500. N. It's my motto in life. There's one N, yes. The turn's gone. The cash will stay. Maybe we'll get back to you. Floretta, your turn. Mm, yeah. Sorry, the best body language in the work. Uh, Lori? 600. There are two S's, yeah. Three C's. Good for you. You have almost four thousand dollars for it. I'd like to buy a vowel. Mm -hmm. An I. There are some I's. Three of them. Eight hundred. C. There are two of those. Three hundred. N. Yeah, three N. Six thousand plus. Sure. An A. There are five A's, Lori. Yeah. All right, we need a letter. P. Uh, there are two P's. You want to risk it? You can. There's either bankrupt or that ten thousand dollar Kenneth Cole gift certificate. You be risking six thousand. I have to. No, I'm here. You have to. I had no money anyway. Well, okay. What is going on? What do we have? Oh, my God. 800. G. Yes, there are two Gs. Uh, I want to go. Okay. Gopher, Doc, Isaac, and Captain Steubing. Yeah. It's a free country. Wow. Of course, uh, those are all uh, correspondents on 60 Minutes 2. You got $7,500 and you got this gift certificate. I wasn't trying to talk you out of it. I just thought that that was a lot to risk. For, But what do I know? Uh, the important thing is she has $17,500 just by not listening to me. What were you thinking? You're an expert. Yeah, yeah. What do I know? She has the lead. Believe it or not, we'll be back. What a comeback. Nice Maybe they'll do it for you. Republic of Ireland. Yeah. Hi, Lori. How you doing? I'm good. 
You should be. I know you're ready to take that one away. Uh, waiting. Luis, don't get it. But he did. Uh, yeah, I'm happy for you. Good. And uh, we're happy for you. You did very well, despite my advice. $17,500. Thanks, Lori, very much. Ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. All right. Lori left winning over $17,000 that day. Now, as you can imagine, Lori was a spitfire who clearly enjoyed attention. Approximately around the time of the Wheel of Fortune episode, she also entered into a pageant, the Mrs. Texas pageant. Lori was Mrs. Hayes County. and she was eliminated in the final round. But now, in a predictable pattern, Lori Ryan filed for divorce from Joe Ryan on August 13, 2004. They had been married three and a half years. Tylee was two years old. Lori, without looking back, married Charles Vallow, husband number four. And again, we will dig deep into her marriage with Charles because it is extremely relevant to the story. But Lori wasn't done with Joe yet, so we're going to continue on that debacle. Lori went full force in her accusations during her custody battle with Joe. Those accusations would cause her brother, Alex Cox, to eventually commit a felony to protect his little sister, Lori. We'll get to that later. I told you, rabbit hole after rabbit hole. Lori made accusations of molestation and abuse of the children. Lori wanted full custody, and there was no stopping Lori. She accused Joe of indecency with a minor child. Joe Ryan was given only supervised visitation. Her affidavit against Joe states that Joe Ryan is under criminal investigation for indecency with a minor and that her 10-year-old son, Colby, corroborated that he was also molested by Joe Ryan. She goes on to say that Joe, her ex-husband, has harassed her at work and this caused her to be frightened and alarmed, not only her, but her entire workplace where she was a hairdresser. Lori states that Joe walked by the window of her workplace and pointed at her with his fingers like he was shooting a gun at me, is her quote. She then says that Joe drove by a few minutes later and he pointed a metallic colored object at her and through that was through his open window in his car and an open door in the salon. She states that Mr. Ryan was previously warned by the police not to come to the salon or call the salon. This 
show is produced, edited, and narrated by me, Kathy Brooks. I am also the creator of the YouTube channel, Left Undone Incomplete Investigations, where we have followed this case since January of 2020. We also have a wonderful community with live streams where we talk all things true crime. If you're enjoying the show and would like to support this one-woman show, please consider donating to Afterglow, the Idaho cult series. You can donate a few ways via PayPal, and the links are in the show notes below at www.paypal.me slash K-A-T-F-S-H-H. You can also donate a cash app, the link is below, or buy me a coffee. That is also in the show notes below. No donation is too small, and everything is very, very much appreciated. Thank you again. Now back to the episode. Lori's accusations resemble many of the accusations she had against husband number two, William LaGoya. But since she was married to Charles, and Charles was very much in love with Lori, he adored her. So he believed whatever story Lori was telling. Charles wrote an email to Joe Ryan on July 6, 2006. Joe, your intent to make my simple phone call intended as a token of friendship into this vile threat from me and that you are going to use it against me is not going to work. I don't know you, Joe, and our relationship could have been cordial, but Lori told me what you would do if I called. And I believed I could engage the gentleman in you to help work out these details and try to eliminate any contention between you and Lori. The simple fact is that you have not paid child support in four months, and Lori needs it for Tylee. Lori has never blocked you from any visitation from Tylee, nor would she. It is you who calls all the time and wants to give her up early. Then later, you call and want to make up for time for it. If you give her up early, voluntarily, and then want to make up time, it doesn't work that way. Lori has retained her attorney again, and she will be in touch regarding collecting past due child support. As far as Colby, in the right circumstances, and with the right support, he's a brilliant, sweet, loving kid. That's what I see in him. And calling, implying anything else in your prior email is beneath you. Pushing him and calling him an asshole, which he will testify to, is not going to work, and it will not happen again. So please leave him out of any additional emails. I will be adopting him in the next year, and I'm very sensitive to people giving Colby a hard time, as I do my own. The best interest of Tylee is what's most important here, and Lori doesn't believe you're working towards that purpose. That's why Tylee cries and screams every time she has to go to your house. She wants her mommy and the love that she gives her. You are her father, Joe, and we will not in any way get in the way of that. I know you love her, but you just need to hold up your end of the agreement. We will also go to whatever extent is needed to get the best results for Tylee. Make no mistake about it, Joe. 
I just spent $65,000 in attorney's fees for a custody battle for my two boys, and I will make whatever Lori needs available to her. As far as your threat and the IRS is concerned, bring them on. I have the best CPA in town, and he knows Lori's situation in detail and is ready if they come calling. I hope you and Lori can come to a mutually satisfactory solution and not let it escalate as what happened to me. Just pay your child support as you agreed, and none of this will be necessary. Lori will work with you. She knows you're having a hard time financially. I'll take care of Tylee until you stand up to your agreement. We wish you the best, Joe, and hope you understand we didn't pick this battle, but I will defend Lori and Tylee as long and however expensive it gets. Also, please do not call Lori again. She does not want to hear from you. She will try to get Tylee to call you every other day when she is in her custody. If there's no answer, she'll try again. If you continue to harass Lori, we will take further steps to eliminate the problem. Sounds a little threatening. If you need to get in touch in an emergency, you can call me at blah, 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 and I will make sure what you need happens with respect, Charles. I saw pictures of the home that Lori and Joe Ryan had, and it was gorgeous. Just simply a beautiful home. They were doing quite well. I know there were so many legal fees involved in this battle over Tylee, though. Now we will go on to see what Lori has to say in her affidavit for custody of Tylee. Flashback to her accusations of husband number two, William LaCoya. She escalates even more with her accusations of Joe Ryan. Her quote in the affidavit is, In the past, he has threatened to kill me with a knife, chop me in little pieces, and put my remains in a dark cave. Isn't that bizarre and crazy when you learn the outcome of JJ and Tylee and the things that Lori says years and years before about threats to her? I mean, it's just projection, in my opinion. She then states that Joe had showed Colby a knife and told him he would kill him with it. Then, according to Lori, Joe Ryan threatened to disappear with Tylee. She signed this on October 5th, 2006. With that and all these accusations, Joe was then ordered court-ordered supervised visitation with Tylee. He was able to see her on Saturday and on Sunday, after the first, third, and fifth Friday of the month. He would visit her from noon to 4 p.m. They were both ordered to split the cost of the supervised visitation arrangement. Joe was ordered to undergo a psychosexual exam, and the visitations were to occur at a place called Kids Exchange. On January 10th, 2007, Lori filed a motion requesting that there be a forensic analysis on Joe's personal computers. The motion states, Movant prays the court to order the immediate seizure and forensic analysis of all computers in petitioner's residence for the purpose of determining whether petitioner has viewed child pornography and to protect the safety and emotional welfare of Tylee. 
The claims in there say that Joe Ryan was visiting child pornography websites. There's a woman who allegedly personally witnessed this. There's claims of credible child sexual abuse allegations with open investigations listed as the credible evidence. They just really put Joe through the ringer. In the future, these claims were all dismissed. They were unsubstantiated. They even had a grand jury review, and there was no charges against Joe Ryan when it came to all this. On March 25th, 2007, Joe's attorney filed a motion to have Colby, Lori, and Charles submit a psych evaluation. And they also asked for Lori to pay for those evaluations. As you can see, this was messy, messy, full of terrible allegations. The children were dragged into this, and it was clearly something that would affect them for the rest of their lives. Joe accused Lori of physical neglect of Tylee. He asked for supervised visits. He also states that she is a flight risk and at risk for international abduction of the child. On July 25th, 2007, a woman by the name of Vivian Lewis, she was a court-appointed therapist. She wrote to the court with concerns, and I'm quoting, I am deeply concerned and consider the situation to one labeled as eminent danger of a flight risk. As well, Ms. Vallow is a devout Mormon who has mentioned to me that death would be an option before giving Tylee to her father, Joseph Ryan, even for a visit. Now think about what this says. She is saying that Lori mentioned to her that death would be an option before giving Tylee to Joe, even for a visit. Like I said, this is Lori in true form. True form, as we found out in 2020. She recommended that in order to ease the tensions of the visitation exchanges, that an outsider, a social worker, or somebody like that would be best to pick up Tylee from Lori and take her to the visits with Joe. And the supervised visitation was to start on August 5th, 2007. So Joe was finally able to meet with Tylee on August 5th, 2007 at the kids exchange but what Joe didn't know was Lori's brother Alex Cox he was made aware of this visitation schedule and location Alex Cox lived in Phoenix, Arizona Alex Cox got himself from Arizona to the location at the kids exchange and later Lori would deny knowing anything about Alex coming to Texas or that Alex had planned anything. So after the visitation with Tylee, Joe was confronted by Alex in the parking lot at Kids Exchange. Joe Ryan was walking to his car and Alex Cox approached him. Now, side note, I've received personal inside information that Charles was with him that day, but this has not been confirmed. And that information 
came from Alex's previous fiance, who I have spoken with. Alex Cox said to Joe, do you know who I am? At that point, Alex pulled out a concealed weapon and Joe sees him pull out this weapon and in full on panic mode, Joe starts running towards his car. But he was taken down when Alex Cox shot him a second time. Joe thought that Alex was chasing him with a gun. The second shot hit Joe in the back. It took him down. According to the affidavit, Alex told Joe he would kill him. Joe was able to get up and ran around the building, but Alex continued to follow him. The attack ended abruptly because a witness appeared. And this witness saw Alex chasing Joe. And Alex was holding a stun gun. Alex quickly left. She scurried away from the scene. And Joe had been shot three times with a taser. And he had been shoved to the ground. That caused him to fracture his wrist. And Joe also began to have some chest pain. Joe was hospitalized with the fractured wrist and with chest pain. Alex was later indicted by a grand jury, and Alex went ahead and entered a guilty plea to a charge of aggravated assault, resulting in serious bodily injury. Now, Alex was a part-time stand-up comedian, and he makes light of this felony assault on Joe Ryan in his routine. Take a listen. Sangria, how you guys doing? Nice. You guys look good. Make me wish I was straight. <laughs> my name is Alex Cox. When I was in the eighth grade, I actually learned that my real name was also my porn star name. I was uh, I was fortunate enough to do a little jail time last year. I'll confess to you guys. You ever had something that you knew was the right thing to do, but it turns out that later on it was uh, a felony? <laughs> This is a true story. I found out that my ex-brother-in-law was a, a pedophile, so I took a stun gun and I discharged it right in his nutsack. And in, I did. And in Texas, uh, that's a felony. I'm thinking, you know, maybe I'll get a handshake or a parade or something. Uh, I got probation. So they arrested me here and they held me out here in jail. And I learned something when I was here at Maricopa County Jail. I learned that I was the only white guy in there that did not consider crystal meth one of the four major food groups. Remember the last guy here from Superior? Meth capital of the fucking planet. I think they invented it there. Anyway, Superior, not him. She's just, not that mean, I'm a felon. Anyway. So while I was in jail, I also had a religious experience. I found Jesus. I found Jesus Ayala, Jesus Jimenez, and Jesus Garcia. They were all in my cell, and they all shared a bunk. I found out Christmas was wrong. Jesus was not born in Bethlehem. He was born in El Salvador. 
who is not a carpenter, he was a roofer, a tiler, and a landscaper. <laughs> And we're going to have to change some Christmas songs now. <laughs> I just got back from uh, performing for the troops. Get up for the troops, if you would. Alex served a few months in prison, and yet, did he learn anything from this? Well, if you fast forward to 2019, it appears he did not. Remember this detail, it will be important again later. This detail, that this happened during a custody exchange. Keep that in the back of your mind as we travel down rabbit holes. Joe was not able to see Tylee again until September 2nd and 3rd in 2007. This battle went on for over a decade. Like I said before, this took a toll on the children, both mentally and physically. Tylee suffered. She had episodes of pancreatitis and hospital stays. And we will cover that in episode three. For those people who haven't been following this story, describe your relationship uh, with, with Lori as far as marrying into the family and whatnot. So Lori married my brother, Joe Ryan, in 2002. And they flew me out to, to meet Lori, and she was pregnant with Ty Lee at the time. And they were madly in love. Like, I had never seen my brother so happy. And, you know, he was like Inspector Gadget, was already stockpiling, you know, everything you can imagine a parent would need and things that a parent wouldn't need. You know, and so they were both very excited. It was a really good visit and then we had a, a joint family vacation um, almost a couple years later and uh, then after Joe and Lori divorced I actually maintained contact with Lori not a lot and uh, it was all to her credit she would reach out and and so I actually, my family and her family also shared a vacation in Florida together. And this is when she was married to Charles. You know, so that's how I also got to know Charles. But, so, so, yeah, so our, our families definitely had a connection. And, you know, we wanted to be able to stay connected to Tylee. How old was your brother when he died, Annie? Uh, Joe was 59 when he died. He died of a heart attack, from what we understand. Have you gone back to think that maybe that wasn't the case? Absolutely. I mean, I really just go back and forth on that one, because on the one hand, it is feasible that he could have died of a heart attack because heart disease does run in our family. So I want to be fair that that is a possibility. At the same time, I had questions about the autopsy. So reading through the autopsy, I was kind of surprised by some of the facts that the autopsy got wrong. Like they had his height wrong, they had his Join me weekly as we dig down every rabbit hole possible here on Afterglow, unveiling the Idaho cult. I am your host, Kathy Brooks. Next time, we will continue to dig into Lori's relationship and untimely death of her third husband, 
Joe Ryan. I will say it again, we're just getting started. Have you been considering starting your own podcast? I use Buzzsprout, and it is a wonderful platform. It's easy and professional, and they will get your podcast into every major podcast platform. Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google, and more. You can start today with the gear you already have and a quiet space. I'm in my closet. It's very quiet in here and great for sound. You'll get a great-looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episode, and more. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. I'm very happy with Buzzsprout, and I know you will be too. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know that I sent you It also gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. And it helps support our show here at Afterglow Unveiling the Idaho Cult. This content is being used under the Fair Use Copyright Act. I'd like to thank my sources. Sources used for this were many. But one of the sources that I highly recommend if you want to learn more about the story is wickedtreeandhappyfonts.com. Thank you again, and see you next week.